How about we start? We kick off uh, Storm Bugs with a couple of really good bug jokes. Okay. Okay. Get some good bug jokes. We're going to find out if they're good or not because I'm making them up. What does a monarch butterfly use to edit videos for YouTube? I don't know. What does a monarch butterfly use to edit videos for YouTube? Adobe Premiere Pro Boscus. We kick off Stormbugs by finding the souls of our dearly departed friends across shards of the multiverse in the bodies of bugs. What? Bugs, storm of bugs, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. Welcome to Stormbuds, the Final Fantasy XIV themed video game podcast. That's right. We have our theme. And our theme is just Final Fantasy XIV, because that's what our first 45 episodes were. I am your host of Light, Jerome Barbatsis, and I am joined by my co-host of Light, Alexander Hambrock. Say hello. Happy February, everyone. Happy February. Happy post-Groundhog's Day. And most importantly, happy Stormbugs. This month we are talking bugs because our newfound adventure episode on Hollow Knight is coming out February 25th. You can play along with us, and we could talk about uh, the wonderful cult hit, cult Metroidvania hit, Hollow Knight, that episode. But I leading mean, it up to like then... like a billion copies. It might just be like a hit. That's pretty cult. <laughs> it's it's like a giant cult. It's a rel- the religious hit, Hollow Knight. There we go. Um, and... We are, we're so excited to, to be doing that. But leading up to that, we are going to just sort of talk about bugs. And this episode in particular, we are staying to, true to our Final Fantasy XIV theme um, in that we are going to be nominating new souls for the convocation, right? So what does that mean? If you're new here, hello, welcome. Um, you can follow along by... Just understanding that the Convocation of 14 is a theme table, and the seats on it, every entry in it, is basically just a zodiac sign. <laughs> so this is, you could also look at this saying like, hey, we're going to, this this is the Aquarius bug, this is the Pisces bug, yada yada. We're just going to have fun, we're going to talk, we're going to argue about who should be what, who should be ascended to the seats of of Emmet Selk and La Habrea, etc., etc., Halmarut. Halmarut. And, uh, <laughs> of course, though, as usual, we do like to talk about other things in our, it's just the same but brand new segment, the quest log. Is that what we're calling it we're now? We're calling it the quest log now, because okay. kind of every episode is going to be full of side quests until we get to our main one at the end of the month, right? Yes. So, cool. So, uh, I'll start. Um, what I've been up to this week, mostly, uh, I have started our newfound adventure, Hollow Knight. Um, really enjoying it so far, and that's all I'm going to say because I got to save further thoughts um, until until the episode. But don't don't worry, I will not be coming in with any hot Hollow Knight takes. Really. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, I've also finished up the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. I took my two weeks. I took my (laughs) time to recover so I could finish that. That was a different take on the ending. I think the gameplay of that was really good. And then it kind of fell off on the end for me a little Mm. bit. And I don't think that's also a hot take. Um, I preferred the original ending because that one made me 
question everything for a couple of weeks and made me feel really bad. <laughs> um, and also, uh, since the release of the last episode, Tekken 8 has finally come out. So that's been enjoyable for me. I do enjoy a good fighting game when I need to pass maybe 30 minutes of time to just like and just not think about anything else for a moment. Also great for grief, but that has been um, really, it's been a really busy video game week for me because I haven't had many other plans. <laughs> How about you? What's in your quest log? Well, I've been on a work trip, so uh, I've had not a ton of gaming time this week. You didn't bring your Steam Deck? I did bring the Steam Deck. I used it, but, but I still, I, I got to the hotel at like 8 p.m. every night. Oh. Um, no, so the two things that really, uh, first... Still working on that Prince of Persia. Uh, oh, don't yeah. don't have a ton to say there other than that it keeps being good. And also, I hit a boss fight that, like, f- at first, the first four or five times I tried it seemed like a massive difficulty spike where I was like, what the fuck? This is so much harder than anything before. How do I get through this? And then... I sat down and I just kind of paid attention to all the moves and I timed out my blocks and all of a sudden, like after like five more attempts, I dismantled her and I was like, okay, that's a good, it's a good game where you hit those really hard fights and you're actually able to be methodical and pay attention and figure out how to beat the fight. So that Mm. was a really good one of those because up up until that point, most of the fights had kind of been a little button mashy, kind of just like dash, dash, slash, slash, dash again. Uh, also started up Hollow Knight. Um, honestly, wasn't sure if I was going to have the time to play through the whole thing leading up to our um, final episode because I've played it before. But then I got like five hours in and I was like, oh, man, this game is great. I'm just going to beat the whole thing again, even though it is um, quite long, especially some of the stuff towards the end to get the true ending. But yeah, yeah. we'll go more into that when we get to the actual um, episode at the end of the month. Lots to say there. I'm going to be going deep on the lore, which Jerome seems rather confused about. So expect a good amount of that. Well, thank you so much for sharing what was in your quest log this week. Um, That kind of hopefully I think I alluded to the fact that I wasn't starting Prince of Persia for a reason. And that reason is because I don't really like playing two different Metroidvanias at once because they require a specific language like each each one is built a little bit differently and it's really frustrating when you're like trying to jump in one game and then that that comes out as a dash in the other one and you're like oh my god my body doesn't remember everything although i've started bringing some combat techniques from hollow knight into prince of persia and like it's starting to work for me and i'm like oh yeah i could i could just slash downwards carry over it's just playing them simultaneously is a nightmare for sure right cool do you want okay so the premise of this episode i admit when you first explained to me i thought i understood it and then the more i thought about it the more confused i got and having <laughs> built out the list i think i understand it again but i'm still okay well that well let me just say that the theme of this episode is of course and the title is the convocation of bugs we're going to be recreating the convocation we're going to be drafting we're going to be assigning and ascending people to the seats of the convocation of 14 um if you don't fully understand what the convocation of 14 is you can either listen to our episode i think the episode was uh, titled The End Does Not Justify the End with the Litibus and the the whole thing there where you get the crystals and stuff or maybe it was after that maybe the one in Elpis will also help um, which was Twitter Turns Into X of course but you can also just sort of uh, g- Google it it's not a big deal Final Fantasy XIV has been out a while um, but anyway basically each of the seats at the, the it's like a round table right basically a round table episode everyone's gonna, gonna roll be, yeah, we're gonna be determining who sits where Right. Depending on who is in the seat. And basically each of the seats is assigned by their 
constellation, right? Uh, Final Fantasy is big on just using the Zodiac for, for a theme table, and we are going to copy them. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go seat by seat, constellation by constellation, starting with Aries and ending with, well, ending with the sun because they add Ophiuchus. I think it's Ophiuchus or something and the sun just because they wanted 14 instead of 12. And we're going to be uh, quickly debating who we think, we got picks here, and we're going to be debating who we think belongs in each of the seats. We got two nominees for each. Some of them we had like three or more. Some of them we had one and really had to figure out a second. But you're not going to know which is which because we're going to be randomly assigning ourselves to to debate. Oh, is that what we're doing? We're going to be randomly assigning ourselves a a debate. And we're going to be arguing for one or the other. We're going to give ourselves a little bit of time, and we're going to figure out who is going to be in the seat. So the first seat is Logriff, the pastor. This is uh, the seat of Ares, a cataloger and caretaker of terrestrial creations, very ground bugs. Um, and this in Final Fantasy XIV was, of course, Gaia, right? Makes sense there. Yes. Um, so we have two nominees here, and I got some dice. You know, I could use a randomly... I could use like a program, but dice. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you one of my, give you, give you my purple D20. There, there are some characters I'm not sure how this is gonna work for, but okay. So and then whoever rolls higher is gonna pick which one they want, and the other person has to defend the other one. Okay. Okay. So we got two nominees here. We have Coldworm the Burrower from Diablo 2, if you remember that. That nightmare <laughs> from Act Two, um, and we have the ant lion from Sim Ant. So, go. Your argument will be: you will explain what this is and why it deserves to be in the seat. And we'll have—I don't know—we'll give each other a minute. It'll be fun. Ready? I got a nat twenty. You got a nat twenty. <laughs> I got a 13. Well, you get to pick. Yeah, uh, so I'm, argue, I'm arguing for the antlion from Sim Ant. Okay, good, because I was going to argue for Coldworm the Burrower. Okay, so the... Well, so, so All right, you get to go first. So uh, Sim Ant, great game from the uh, mid-90s, sort of uh, early Maxis era, high on SimCity before the Sims blew up. They were doing a lot of like different sort of simulation-themed yeah. games. Uh, Sim Ant, you control an ant hive. You have a queen ant. You've got a bunch of little ants that you make dig tunnels and gather food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start in the backyard. Eventually, you can get to the kitchen. And the scourge of your um, experience is the ant lion. These horrifying giant bugs with enormous jaws that could just be kind of hiding randomly under the earth. And if you accidentally sort of run your trail of ants over them, it collapses underneath you and you get uh, eaten up in a pretty graphic image that that's the best that like you know a 1994 Macintosh could render. And I just like you know the very I- iconic experience. Real really made me afraid of the ground in a way that I think that Logriff should make people afraid of the powers of the earth so yeah the ant lion sim ant for your consideration very very compelling argument i do have nightmares <laughs> about the ant lion. i had to like I, I vaguely remembered what sim ant was until i looked at pictures of it and they all came flooding back that was a very it was very vivid uh vividly remembering times in school with the the terrifying ant lion um okay so very strong argument, I, I believe, but my candidate, Coldworm the Burrower from Diablo 2, would be much better. Coldworm the Burrower is the final boss of, uh, in Act 2 in the desert in Lucalane, there is just this tunnel, right? There's a series of tunnels and your adventure has to go in there to kill uh, a whole bunch of bugs, right? But Coldworm the Burrower is at the end and they're like kind of half sticking out of the ground and it's it's a real nightmare and they are, char- they're, char- they're like, 
not only taking care of this entire hive, the sheer, I think the, the graphics of 1998 versus the graphics of 1988, whenever the heck Simant came out, uh, maybe it's an unfair advantage, but I think it's an advantage nonetheless for Cold Worm the Burrower. Just the, the sheer amount of goopiness and ground and, and nastiness that this bug exudes. I mean, I'm looking at pictures right now, and it is enormous and terrifying. Okay. How do, how do we decide this? How do we decide this? Well, I think honor system, you know, we're not going to we're not going to roll again with advantage depending on who we think debates wins this debate. I think I think Cold Worm can win. I actually think the antlion. Can oh, you think the antlion should win? Okay, I think, hey, the, I think the antlion's really good. Let's I'm go like with the, way okay. more scared of the antlion, but okay. I tried. I tried. Cold Worm. I feel like my argument wasn't very good. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna go over to the the, the reflection of life that is in Simant. We are going to ascend the antlion of yes into the seat of Logriff. So we're gonna move on to the next one, and the next one is Mitron, the Mariner. Uh. You know, Logriff's partner. Right, in crime. <laughs> Magister of nautical affairs and surveyor of aquatic creations. This was hard. Yeah, associated with the symbol of Taurus. This was weirdly hard. This is the symbol of Taurus. This is yours. This is your seat. Yes, I, I'm filled <laughs> with my options here. Um, yeah, it's weird that like you're, you're, you have the water one in Taurus, but whatever. Uh, the, 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 we have the Celtus Queen from Monster Hunter 4. And for you, and I don't, I think Monster Hunter Stories 2 or something, and also the Tektite from the Ocarina of Time series, Ocarina of Time game specifically, the Tektites in the, the Water Temple. <laughs> um, this is, we're gonna roll again to des- determine who gets to pick and then who gets to go first. I rolled a seven. I got a four. Okay, I am going to pick. Great, this is the one I went on. I'm going to go with Celtus Queen. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Okay. I guess I got Tektite then. And you get to go first. Oh, okay. Um, Tektite's in Ocarina of Time. They, oh, well, they spent, like, they literally live within the water temple. They are perfectly adapted to its environment. They are aquatic creatures by nature. They skate across the water, and, you know, like, they're part, part of the natural ecosystem. Mm. Also... Also a pain in the ass. I'm also, not supposed to help you, but... <laughs> also a pain in the ass. Also, also they're famous for being good sailors. Oh, didn't know that. That's new information. Yeah, they, they, they live at the Water Temple. They're, like, adapted to the ecosystem, and they're famous for being good sailors. Oh, my gosh. So they like, really... Yeah, and very nautical. Very, very nautical, nautical, exactly. Um, wow. Well, that's a compelling argument for the Tektites uh, from Ocarina of Time. Uh, I am going to say the Celtus Queen is uh, a queen, naturally, right? And the big the big draw here, I'm not going to bury the lead much further. The big draw here is that she has a big fucking water spout attack. <laughs> she does. It hurts a lot. It's really bad. Um, and she is sort of... The- she is sort of like this powerhouse monster, big green insect, looks like a scorpion, but isn't, I guess. A very fun monster to fight in Monster Hunter 4. I really actually wish they'd bring her back more, but then they'd also have to bring the Celtus back, and that takes up too much space. I get it. She also, now notably here in Final Fantasy 14, Mitron was, hear me out, this is a bit of a reach. Mitron was, uh, the real name was Artemis. Did we meet this? We did meet Mitron. Mitron was the blonde-haired dude that was Artemis. I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, and Artemis, god of the hunt, Celtus queen, monster hunter. Okay. You know, you know, sure. <laughs> I think we should maybe ascend the Celtus queen. I think we ascend the Celtus queen. All right. Cool. Celtus queen, you are now Mitron, the mariner. All right. That brings us to Gemini. 
Um, and Gemini is, of course, this is a very important one, but, but we do get it out right away. It is Emmett Selk, the Redeemer, Keeper of the Underworld and Overseer of Death. I also messed up last turn. The person who picks is also going first because the other, then you, in debate, it's more advantageous, I think, to go second because then you get like the last word, right? That makes sense. So whatever. If we're going to mess one up, it was definitely me, Tron, for this one. <laughs> Now this one's fucking this one's fucking awesome. Okay, our nominees are Thrax, T H R A X X from Secret of Evermore, my kind of pet favorite game. It's a giant insect that lives inside the head of a whatever. It's like on the cover of Secret of Evermore. Go look it up. It's fucking rad. Um, and Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's roll. Let's roll. I got a six. I got a nine. Who do you want to take? <sighs> I'm going to go with Thrax. You're taking Thrax? I'm okay. I'm taking Thrax. Give me, give me the pitch on Thrax. Thrax is, as I started to say before, and then I realized maybe I not, might not get Thrax. Um, giant insect lives inside the head of an even larger dead insect skeleton inside the bug muck, which is a, which is a bug graveyard. or like a, it's, like a, it's like a graveyard. It's not just a bug graveyard, but also I think, there's, I think it's like an oil slick tar pit kind of situation, prehistoric tar pit. It is the first kind of official big big boss of that game, and how you beat it is it's I mean you ha- it's like so cool it's like a se- secret of Evermore is like secret of mana, um, and then this particular boss has like a heart inside its cage, and you have to like hit the cage open and then get inside the heart <laughs> while it's like dropping other like maggots and stuff all around you and shaking the shaking the carcass that it's inside. It's very death coded. Super death coded, really fun. Wish the rest of the game was as fun as that. <laughs> that game was super rushed. Maybe we'll talk about it someday. Um, but my my pitch for Thrax is that it is so uh, involved with death that it belongs in the seat of Emmett Selk. Okay, here's my pitch then for Psychomantis. Mm. Psychomantis, strictly speaking, a bug debatable spiritually a bug a hundred percent. And the thing is, like the argument here really is, I mean, one just sort of like. It's really the personality argument, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, misanthropic, wants to kill a lot of people, mm-hmm. kind of like hates the state of the world and wants to like, you know, it, it bring about its ensuing sort of like destruction, um, really enjoys taunting the protagonist and getting inside their head and like, and like you know, like sort of real kind of Emmett Selk like um, smugness and like in the interactions with Psychomantis sometimes. <sighs> And that is that is necessary for the seat. I think so. I, I think it's not enough to just be sort of like death obsessed. Also, you have to be kind of a prick. Damn it. I think you're right. I think we do have to ascend Psychomantis from the Metal Gear Solid reflection. <laughs> I think Psychomantis is our Emmett Selk. I think Psychomantis is our Emmett Selk. What a sentence. Um, bringing us forward to Pasturat the Arbiter. We did not really see this one. We've only met them in reference occasionally. I think maybe we did. There was like one hot scene in fucking A Realm Reborn before we decided what the fuck we were doing where Pasturat was in that like council. But they are the Arbiter, conserv- Conservator of Order and the, of the Collective Will, maybe the Collective Unconscious, if you're, if you're, so, if you're so Jungian inclined and the associated with the constellation of Cancer. So, so yeah. I, I need you to ext- explain one of these nominees to me because I don't actually know what the first one is. Okay. It's the butterfly from Life is Strange. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, the blue, it's a blue, uh, royal blue butterfly, and it is basically a metaphor for the butterfly effect. 
Have you not played Life is Strange? I have, yes, but years yeah. ago. So I'm, oh, okay, got yeah, it. It's the, so it, yeah, it, it just it shows it up appears, when... And mm-hmm. yeah, it like shows up when you're like making a choice, basically, or like rewinding time. And it kind of... Uh, slight spoiler it kind of is the it it, 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 it you know what it, i think you know what it represents at this point right? yes no i, I can make, i can make an argument, argument if i have to okay yeah yeah, yeah. against and that the, against that is raban extreme <laughs> explain this one again software glitches are included <laughs> we only <laughs> but only ones that we think are pertinent to this so raban extreme was a release stormblood um glitch wherein the duty servers were getting overloaded and would not allow people in, right? Um, and uh, so what happened was that people started forming lines. <laughs> so why don't we, with that, why don't we get started on assigning, uh, on figuring out who we're, we're arguing for here, okay? Roll. I have a 14. I got a 10, so you get to pick. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to argue for the butterfly from Life is Strange. That because, seems like, really good. As you pointed out, like, you know, it's got a powerfully symbolic sort of position, right? It is ultimately, like, I mean, it is a representative, yeah, it is a symbol of the ways in which the choices that we make and the decisions uh, in our lives can ultimately, like, produce different, you know, uh, forms of order, different different paths that we can take. It is, like, it, it gives a structure to, it gives a structure to life itself. That's true. It's true. It does sort of uh, enforce its own thing. But speaking of enforcement, um, the the I think the spirit of Pashrat here is the collective will and the community. And while the butterfly does uh, exhibit, you know, exude its will upon the timeline, um, Ravon Extreme exuded its will on the entire community of Final Fantasy fourteen. That was so desperate for a solution that they decided to form long lines all the way up the fringes to try and not overload the duty servers. It didn't work. It was a complete placebo effect, but the bug was so powerful that it got into the it got into the collective mindset and the collective unconscious to enforce order. <laughs> so here's my only question. Yeah. If we elevate Raban EX, yeah. what is actually sitting on the seat? Is it Raban? Is it like 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 it's who is that, occupying? No, it's them? that like yes, it is it is that that moment in time where Raban is standing in the fringes and there's the duty finder around him. So we got, the, a, we, got a bunch, we got a bunch of pillars in a room, right? Yeah. Celtus Queen's up on one, yeah. Antlion's on another. Raban with the duty finder effect. Got it. Okay, it's up on the other one. Got it. Okay. It's on the other one. You know, yeah, that's good Raban Extreme. Oops. I think Raban Extreme wins. Yes. Okay, great. Raban Extreme, welcome to the convocation in the seat of Pashtrot. You've got a lot of rules lawyering to do. Next up, we're familiar with this one. Fandaniel the Observer, a sayer of extant phenomena, space shit, and overseer of life constellation leo uh we've got some interesting candidates here uh from elden ring astel natural born of the void and you know similarly from dark souls the moonlight butterfly <laughs> it was hard to find space bugs anywhere outside of FromSoft games yeah this is challenging <laughs> um and uh we're going to of course explain what these are depending on who gets what we both know already i got seven three. you win I win. Yeah. I'm taking Astol. Fuck. Have fun with Moonlight Butterfly. No. 
I mean, Astral Natural Born of the Void is literally a being from sort of like beyond space and time. You know, it, 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 it is a sort of a, uh, a, a a child of the previous existence that is poking its way into this one in order to like like and like and it is it is perceiving and like experiencing our world for the first time as like this alien consciousness that has like no uh, from rep, like um, knowledge of our reality. That sounds like Van Daniel to me. Wow, yeah, that's really that's, that's a very compelling argument. However, the moonlight butterfly in Dark Souls, you do you can't you can't get close to it. That thing's constantly flying. That thing is so obsessed with flight and it summons other things that are very flight focused just like Hermes. Just like Hermes. A lot of wind magic happening there. And of course, the moonlight is the uh, the moon is a celestial body. It's powered by the celestial there is such uh, I could very well trust the moonlight butterfly to uh, carry out the the really important um, duties of Fan Daniel because we know that it's capable of summoning and observing and assaying life and extant phenomena. I think the moonlight butterfly might actually take this. Really? I don't know that the argument for Astel is very good. Okay, I think I think I did a bad job. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Dark horse moonlight butterfly. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the <laughs> It's just a butterfly on the seat of Fandaniel. <laughs> well, good thing we didn't do the other butterfly. <laughs> I just noticed there were two butterflies and I'm, well, I guess bugs. How many yeah, bugs are we going to get? Unless we get hyper specific with the hemiptera of whatever order. Um next up, this is a this is a one we've not really seen too much of in Final Fantasy XIV. Ultima the Composer, advocate of aesthetics and the myriad arts. The only kind of references to this are maybe in Return to Ivalice with the Virgo Orosite, possibly, kind of. But the Virgo Orosite is something else. It's like alien or whatever. Um, anyway, our two nominees are from the Pokemon franchise, specifically Gen Oh, fuck. Which gen is it? Is it Cricketune gen 4? 4, I think. Okay. Cricketune. Thanks. <laughs> it is Cricketune. Of course, Music Bug, right? And this one I'm unfamiliar with. It's Tristan of the Bug Fables. Yeah. Now, hold on. No, no, don't, don't worry. We, we're going to figure... <laughs> I'm confident I can... I'm confident I can figure it out. 19. That's a one. <laughs> I'll take Tristan. Okay. I'll take Cricketune. Okay. So Tristan. Okay. So this actually, we probably could have had an easier time playing with this bracket if we'd played Bug Fables. Um, I've watched like three hours of a Let's Play of it. It's like a Paper Mario-esque game, Ooh. but it's got little bugs and stuff. Yeah. Bug Fables is good from everything I've heard. Um, what I know about Tristan, he's a very minor character. He only shows up in like the inn in one of the first cities. Uh, he's a cricket who plays music in the inn. Oh. The thing about him is that he's based on the actual composer of the game itself. Oh. So he is sort of like, you know, he, he's in there as an homage to the person who actually wrote the music. There's a guy like that in Cyberpunk, too. And I was like, who's this queen? And <laughs> you, if, you've played, if you've played Phantom Liberty, you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, okay, I get that. So Cricketune is that, but better. How? <laughs> oh, Cricketune is like this iconic fucking maestro. Iconic? Cricketune is sorry. so I'm gonna, iconic. I'm going to stop speaking over you. Cricketune. Make your case. No, Cricketune's got... Look at this. This this is a meme. Cricketune, excuse me, sir. May I have a few minutes of your time to sing to you about... I guess I have seen this. <laughs> Dude, Cricketune... And Cricketune was also in Arceus recently. And the it was... 
it was great for me because you could like catch a whole bunch of cricket tune and level up your team that way because Arceus ruled and you didn't have to just sit and do the same damn Pokemon battles over and again. But dude, just for Dili Lili Woo alone, that's that is so aesthetic. Okay, Cricket Tune takes Cricket it. Cricket Tune takes it. Welcome to the convocation of fourteen Cricket Tune. That brings us to how many times am I going to say that brings us to in this episode? At least thirteen. At least thirteen. <laughs> Next Hal- up, Halmer the Sower, cultivator of botanical and mycological creations, Libra. Again, kind of a loose association with the constellations, but whatever. We're making this all up. Our nominees are from the Mario franchise. Wiggler and another Pokemon Parasect Parasect Oof. woof this is gonna be a this is gonna be a, a, a Nintendo slugfest 19 12 stop getting 19 <laughs> I'll, I'll take Parasect okay great I'll take Wiggler okay I mean look, Parasect it's literally it is a bug that has mushrooms on its back it's whole the whole Good. the whole thing with it is that the mushrooms like you know um, like they're cultivated and that people use them um Literally, it is the point is that people cultivate parasects in order to get the medicinal properties from their mushrooms, which is why it also might have been in a different category. But he's here for this one. Um, I don't know how you can get more straight on for Halmerut the Sower than a bug that grows mushrooms on its back deliberately. Yeah, but here's the thing. Parasect's a little bitch. Parasect sucks ass. Wiggler is tough as hell. Okay, Wiggler is a bug that, of course, it, it lives in the forest, has a little flower on its head as well. But Wiggler, I know, is going to, you know, kick ass and do the duties that need to do the hard job of, you know, running the entire botanical and mycological sort of, you know, office that it needs to run. Remember, this isn't just who's right. It's who's right for the office, who's right for the position of leadership. And Wiggler, I mean, Wiggler can lead a march. Wiggler can lead a group. And Wiggler, Wiggler could change and adapt. They could be green. They could be red. They could have wings sometimes if they really need to. They're in the, the flexible kind of bug, mycological bug. You know, they still have the expertise, but the flexibility necessary to have this position. Okay, but counter-argument, Parasect literally has an enormous mushroom on its back. It's so large that it's dwarfing everything else about the bug. You just get the lies, like, kind of peeking out. Okay, counter counter. Uh, 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 counter counter argument. Wiggler is in Mario Kart. Wiggler can drive cars. Counter counter. I don't. Uh, Wiggler take. Okay, fine. Wiggler. Yes. <laughs> I was so invested in not having two Pokemon <laughs> win effectively. Well, we'll see how this goes further down. Okay, Nabriales, the contender. Ooh, we remember Nabriales, martial champion and refiner of technique. Don't know how technical. And Marshall, it is to kidnap a lady, but Nabrielis did that. <laughs> um, Insect Glaive. Uh, this is with Scorpio, by the way, of course. Insect Glaive from Monster Hunter for you. <laughs> Versus Ravana from Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, God, these are so good. So the Insect Glaive is just a weapon, right? But 16. Stop rolling so good. It was on 20 and then it bounced to 2. I'll take Ravana. <laughs> okay, I'll take the insect glaive. Okay, look, it's Ravana, okay? They're a giant insect whose whole deal is martial combat. I don't know how much more of a layup of this you can get. How many times have we fought Ravana, okay? How much does that thing scream bug over like, all of 
the four swords. It's got like all the limbs. It's got the wings. Look at those sick ass wings. He's got like the kind of like the um, like like almost like a common rider style helmet with the big uh, glowy eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. No, it's Ravana. This one's Ravana. So here's uh, here's the thing. I totally get what you're saying. Ravana's really cool. Ravana also pretty easy. Pretty easy to beat. The extreme version, pretty easy to beat. Um, it's kind of an older fight. It's kind of a, it's kind of rehash. All his mechanics get reused. Everyone sort of knows. It's not really changing over time, right? The insect glaive is a pretty new weapon. Introduced in the fourth gen, and it keeps getting better. They keep adding to it. It keeps learning and adapting and growing. And the insect glaive, I mean, you got your insect on your arm, but you also got, I mean... You got you don't have as many blades. You only got the two to Ravana's four, six or four or whatever. But listen, it's about how you use them, and it's about how you, as the insect glaive, can adapt and <laughs> run for the office. Okay, but I would imagine we're going to gathering together, right? You know, we got the, the, the got the convocation of fourteen, right? Uh-huh. We're having a house party, okay? Yeah. Who are you more excited to see walk in that door? The insect glaive is just going to kind of like lean there in the corner. Maybe like maybe the beetle will like fly off a couple of times and circle you're the room totally, and land back down. Totally right. R- Ravana is the heart of the gonna party. It's going to just like be on the couch and play DS the whole time. <laughs> Ravana. Okay. We'll ascend Ravana. Okay. So this one we're going to dip into because this is Igayorm, the rhetorician, auditor of debate and co-leader of knowledge for Sagittarius. And the nominees are uh, a, a member from Hollow Knight. So we haven't talked about that game yet, but we will briefly mention Conifer, the cartographer. Yeah, you find him early on. That's not a spoiler. And Charmy the Bee from Sonic the Hedgehog? Interesting, interesting. My turn, 19. (laughs) 19. (laughs) Okay, which one do you want? I'll take Conifer, because I have no idea how Charmy... Charmy the Bee, what? Okay, Conifer without... Conifer is, is doing the hard work and getting the knowledge you need. Right, I maybe would have put in the 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 guy that collects the books, but here we are with Conifer. <laughs> still, still good enough. And the, honestly, uh, you got those little cute little glasses. How smart! What a smart dude. He knows that what is gonna what's gonna save the world is knowledge. What's gonna save the world is is rhetoric. He is very diligent too. Yes, very diligent in his duties. And even when you, even when he's like already done, he leaves a little, a nice little card for you to go back to, to town. He tells you, he communicates, he communicates how you can best succeed. And that's exactly what we need on, on uh, as president of the debate club. Okay. Counterpoint. Charmy B. Charmy B is one, a detective. Two, never stops talking. He is both a collector of knowledge and he is d- the absolute best at debate club by virtue of the fact that he never shuts the fuck up and no one and like and people just let him win all arguments by virtue of uh, just wanting to make him like to, to, to appease him. I, I can't argue. I can't. I don't even believe Conifer should be no- nominated over the other one. I don't think this is right. It has to be Charmy B. Charmy B winning rhetorician is so funny. Oh yeah, it's okay. Okay, we're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with it, and we're gonna we're gonna cross a, a certain I'm, dangerous bridge later. <laughs> do you want to swap someone else in for Conifer? Like, is there someone else? No, that- I. It's too late. Charmy B's already been ascended. The crystal is in his hands. <laughs> He's got the memories of Charmy's all the Charmy's past. <laughs> okay, we'll figure out what to do. Okay. <laughs> Next up is one. I don't. This is a little unsourced from the wiki because. 
even the people in Elpis don't talk about this one. It's Dudaphilon, Dudalophon, the innovator, appraiser of architecture and patron of invention for Capricorns. Yeah, I have no idea who this is supposed to be. Well, we've got uh, it's inventor bugs, basically, right? And what better inventor bugs than our two nominees, Hornet Man, the robot boss from Mega Man 9, or Herbie from Herbie Fully Loaded, the Game Boy Advance movie tie-in TV show tie-in game? Is it a movie? movie t- it was a movie. Okay. That was a 2006 movie. Oh, my God. I saw in theaters. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Well, we're going to roll to see who gets to pick. Seven. Thirteen. I'm going to take Hornet Man. Okay. You can okay. have Herbie. Hornet Man is, I mean, it's, it's a robot. It's a creation from, of course, it is itself a creation from Dr. from Dr. Wiley, but it does know how to make little bees and throw those bees at you. And also it made a sweet robot base, <laughs> a sweet hive robot base. And it oversaw the construction of it. And it was beautiful and elegant architecture. I think its resume really speaks to, to uh, I'm really leaning in on the architecture here. The inventions are great because what he invented was a series of autonomous, you know, hexagonal hive, uh, hexagonal hive beam uh, welders that were able to erect such a large structure in a very, very tight time frame. Um, so our investors are going to be really happy about you know the kind of the the time to money investment return the return on investment that's the thing counterpoint we're, we're his level's a pain in the ass uh, it's a, uh, by design by design he did that on purpose that's how you know he's good at his job I, mean, he's, I guess he's good at making hostile architecture okay that's what we need. <laughs> Is that how far your debate club is going to take you? Absolutely. You're going to become pro-hostile architect? Pro-brutalism. <laughs> Brutalist hornet man. Uh, yes, absolutely. I think that's, I mean, that really, his resume speaks for itself at this point. I've already explained his experience. Perfect candidate for the job. Okay, here's my argument. Okay. Herbie is a Volkswagen Beetle, but he's also our friend. Herbie is not necessarily an appraiser of architecture or patron of invention himself, but he is an invention. He's a product of fantastic German engineering. He is, you know, a, a, a century of innovation went into producing the perfect car. And he's perfect not only in his cargo capacity and the speeds he's able to hit while rally racing across the uh, across the United States, but also in his heart and in how he helps members of different uh, complex familial situations reconcile with each other and ultimately get closer together like look is her is herbie the the most technically proficient for this office no but on this team on this convocation of 14 that we're bringing together is he going to provide an important level of sort of like you know emotional maturity and like therapeutic value i think absolutely yes i think you're right you think it's herbie i think it's herbie i think herbie okay herbie herbie is dudafalon the innovator (laughs) You go, Herbie. We're all rooting for you. Okay. Next up, Amerilof, the Mender, curator of, curator of medicinal and therapeutic practices for Aquarius. And what could be more medicinal than the T virus from Resident Evil or the little grubbies from Half Life Alex? Can I swap in a previous loser here? Possibly. Can I swap in Parasect for Grub from Half Life Alex? Hmm. The whole point is that the mushrooms have medicinal properties. They really don't. They, they. Well, neither does the T virus. 
fine. Okay. Fine. Roll the T virus and parasect. T virus and parasect. Get out of here, Half Life Alex Grub. Seven. Eleven. What Eleven. You? Okay, which one do you want? Oh, I, have I seven. Get to pick. Okay. Um, I'll take the T virus. Okay. What's your case for the T virus? Okay. Think of Apollo, right? God of medicine. But in also, prophecy. In prophecy. And God of the sun, I know. But also God of poison. God of plague. Right? Medicine. Poison. Kind of the same coin. Umbrella Corp. Pharmaceuticals. On the surface. Right? Umbrella Corp is... It's... it's as we know it, right? This would be really good branding for us. Getting getting um, getting a seat from Umbrella Corp up on here from the T virus, exe- like the embodiment of the T. I don't know. It could be any any fucking thing with the T virus in it. I was I was gonna ask: Is the T virus insect related at all, or is it a, play a bug? On bug? It's a like, virus or a bug? You know, you got a, <laughs> like like a you caught a cold, like you caught yeah, a, that's bug. a bug. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not like an actual. It's, it's a bug. Okay, it's a bug. Okay, the T virus is a bug. Sure, you got a real nasty bug. Real nasty one. Turns you, kind of turns you. Uh, well, it it, it 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 will preserve your life. It will absolutely prolong your life. And the T virus is, I think, really good at um, you know making it so that you know certain things don't matter anymore, which is therapeutic in a sense. Right, you don't have to care so much about the worldly issues. Right, you get you get a different outlook on life once you have got the T virus. Plus, Umbrella Corps is giving me a lot of money. Uh, counterpoint: Parasect, all the arguments I made before, but also like you know, literally, like the lore of p- the Pokemon world for Paris for Paris and Parasect is that the mushrooms are cultivated by like you know old men who live in the mountains who then use them to grind them to make up powders that then cure your gout or whatever. Like it, its body is literally medicine. <sighs> Shit, I do have a really bad case of gout. Okay, it's Parasect. It's Parasect? Parasect wins. <laughs> Parasect wins as a write-in candidate. <laughs> All right, how about you take this next one? We're at La Habrea, the creator. Woo! Authority on creation principles and phantomology for Pisces. That's me. This is mine. This is way more important. <laughs> this is way more important. Our nominees are the Phasmid from Disco Elysium and Shedinja from Pokemon. All right. It was hard to find ghost bugs. <laughs> it was really hard to find ghost bugs. <laughs> really Let's... So we had to resort to the Pokemon well again. Six. Four. Four? Yeah. <laughs> I might take the Phasmid. Damn it! No! <laughs> God damn it, fine. Go. Oh, I mean, okay, uh, are we going to spoil the end of Disco Elysium? It's been five years! Wah, wah. Just to be on the safe side, if you don't want spoilers for Disco Elysium... Womp womp. You can skip ahead to 4510, 4511 if you want to avoid Disco Elysium spoilers. Womp womp. Okay. <laughs> At the end of Disco Elysium, a minor subplot throughout the game has been this couple who is looking for a type of bug that's sort of like a cryptid that, you know, that they believe they, uh, like, the people have reported sightings of, but they have not managed to find. Uh, Disco Elysium is a noir game. There's a murder like, that you're solving. But the final climax of it is you sort of stumble into a field, and there is the phasmid ahead of you, uh, an enormous bug, this sort of un- creature from unreality that, like, appears to you and communes with your mind and speaks to you of the like the distinction between sort of like the world of human consciousness and cognition that has been like you know of ideologies and nations and war and everything and this other sort of like world of perception and um 
and consciousness that like that the phasmid and other like other forms of life in the world in general kind of embody and it's this very kind of spiritual experience as you kind of connect with this thing that has a completely different understanding of what it means to be alive and what it means to to, to, to sort of experience and depending on how that conversation goes your character can have any one of a number of sort of like soul quaking revelations I think that is um, absolutely sort of like, you know, mediation is the nature of reality. Cryptid, you get, they get the phantom bit from in there. I think the Phasmid's a, a, a lock-in for La Habrea. Shedinja is a ghost and bug-type Pokemon. Good argument. Shedinja is not, not a ninja, it's not not a ninja. And Shedinja is very, very hard to kill, which would be nice, but it's also very easy to kill because it has one hit point, but it can only be killed by super effective moves. Does that make it sort of a phantom? It does make it. That's, that's sort of the phantom flavor. It makes it very similar to La Habrea. Kind of. And I guess it is kind of like a like a discarded like skin. You don't have to help me on this. <laughs> you don't have to. I know it's going to the fastest. <laughs> There's no choice. Welcome to the convocation, Phasmid from Disco Elysium. Uh, go play that game if you haven't. Even if you know, if you've heard all of that. Um, that's we're almost done. We're done with the constellations now that are in the traditional zodiac, and now we're going to the Final Fantasy fourteen editions. Ooh, these are the big ones. Okay, here's here's the problem I mentioned before with Charming the Bee. Elidibus the Emissary, <laughs> adjudicator and convocation of the Convocation of 14 for a fucus. The nominations we had were Charmy Bee from Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, because he's a little guy, and Yoko from Yoko's Island Express. Charmy Bee is already Igayarm. <laughs> he can be both. I don't think he can. Like, can you hold a crystal? You got two hands? He can't. He can't. There's no precedent for two soul, two disparate souls in the ethereal sea coming back as one. Okay, is there someone else we want to put up for a little bit? How about Flick from A Bug's Life, the PS1 video game? Sure, okay. <laughs> Flick can come back in. Okay, cool. Well, let's determine between Flick from A Bug's Life and Yoko's Island Express. Five. Ten. I have to take Flick because I don't know Yoko. <laughs> You did it to yourself. That was, that was either I know, but like I couldn't, in good conscience, overload Charmy B with two memory crystals. Okay, so Flick is the main character from A Bug's Life. Yes, he's a little guy up against the world. He's just trying to. He's got to save the world. He's got a duty to bring everyone together to overthrow this big bad cricket man, played by the Predator guy. The, Correct. In, in yes. real life, what's his name? Oh, I remember his name now. You do too. So <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> um, so what he does is Flick is played by Dave Foley, and yeah, he plays by Dave is played Foley. by uh, well, Cap- Mister 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 Spaceman. Yes. Yeah. So um, we we also know that Flick does in fact have what it takes to take control of large vehicles, right? That definitely happens in A Bug's Life. Possibly in the video game. Possibly in the video game. Also, he's in Mario Kart. <laughs> okay. But Yoko from Yoko's Island Express. Yoko is a dung beetle. 
He lives on a beautiful tropical island with all of his friends across like this enormous tropical landscape. He's a dung beetle, also literally a mailman. His job is to travel around the island and bringing messages to people. Mm. He's an emissary. He is like a force for like connection. He like bind. He holds the community together. Everyone loves Yoko. Okay, that's true, and everyone loves Elidibus too. All right, fine. Yoko can have it. I don't have no clue. <laughs> I was, I was, I was rooting for Charmy, but we couldn't think of anything else for. <laughs> All right, that brings us to. Oh, this is good. This is a good one. This some of these some of these categories have been hard, but this one was we got we got some two real good ones. For Azem the Traveler, you know, the warrior of light, pilgrim of the star, counselor to the people, main character. And there what more main characters could there be than Mr. Mosquito from Mr. Mosquito and Barry B Benson from B Movie the video game. Roll <laughs> roll initiative. 3 <laughs> Nine. Who do you want? Oh no! What a curse! <laughs> what a curse! I have to choose between Barry B. Benson and Mr. Mosquito. I'm gonna go with Mr. Mosquito. Okay, tell me, Mr. Mosquito. Mr. Mosquito, Pilgrim of the Star. He's got to travel from the living room to the bathroom to the dining room to the bedroom, all around the house. And really, he really takes care of this family he's living with, right? He's always there for them. An, an ever-present sort of being that is willing to bring people together for a common cause. And sure, maybe that common cause is eliminating Mr. Mosquito. But, but he, he perseveres in the face of, you know, in the face of danger. And he's really the, he's the, the friend we, didn't, we don't want, but the friend we need right now. You know, just like Batman. Just like Batman. Just like Batman. And also, I guess, Azem. And also Azem. Yeah. Absolutely. But Barry B. Benson? Yep. Barry B. Benson from B-Movie, the video game. Oh, he's just going to read the article. According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its little body off the ground, but the bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. You know, Barry, Barry, he may not have been much of a pilgrim. I guess he was a pilgrim. He went to the city. He went to the big city and he negotiated a peace treaty between humans and bees. I think that's what that movie's about. I think that is what that movie's about. And then also he marries the lady. He also marries the lady, right? What what better sort of way to say that he's a counselor to the people, right? He 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 literally sort of like ushers in a new a new political paradigm. God damn it. I think you're right. I think it's Barry B. Benson. <laughs> From the B movie, the video, come. On, it's like really that that sort of na- yes. He saw he goes out beyond his realm to solve problems. Mister Mosquito does just stay in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he does just stay in the house and bite people. <laughs> I think he does just stay in the house and bite people. Yeah. Well, okay, that gives us our convocation of fourteen. Do we want to read everyone yes, off again? We do. We've got for Logriff the pastor, the ant lion from Simet. Mitron the Mariner, the Celtus Queen from Monster Hunter 4, Emmett Silk the Redeemer, Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid, Pasharot the Arbiter, Rabon Extreme, Fan Daniel the Observer, Moonlight Butterfly, Ultima the Composer, Cricketune from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, Homrit the Sower, Wiggler from Super Mario World, <laughs> Nabrialis the Contender, Ravana from Final Fantasy XIV Heaven's Word, Igayorm the Rhetorician, Charmy Bee, Sonic the Hedgehog, which one? Colors? Teams? Um, originally from Knuckles Chaotix. But Knuckles he Chaotix. Up some later ones. 
Dudaphilon the Innovator from Herbie, Herbie from Herbie Fully Loaded, the Game Boy Advance tie-in game. Meroloth the Mender is Parasect from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. La Habrea the Creator is the Phasmid from Disco Elysium. Elidibus the Emissary is Yoko from Yoko's Island Express. And Azem the Traveler is Barry B. Benson from B-Movie the Video Game. I think that's a fantastic convocation. What a fantastic convocation. I think we they nailed it, right? To, they are going to usher in a new era of peace and prosperity uh, for all of us here in on Earth, the real Earth now. Yes, that's how it works. That's how that works. Well, um, and we wouldn't have been able to give you that convocation without uh, our lovely sponsor of this episode. Right? Um, we're sponsored this week by my homemade kombucha company. Oh, yeah. If you PayPal me $15, I will send you a bottle of my homemade kombucha in any flavor that you'd like in the mail. Absolutely. You can order uh, online at kombuchalexhambrock.org.biz. We yeah, got the fr- two extensions. Dot com was taken, so we yeah. had to get the, double, to get the double extension. <laughs> right. So, um, and was there a promo code for that? Um, kombuchalex. Okay. Kombuchalexhambrock.org.biz. Uh, slash promo and then enter the code kombuchalix. Yeah, you want lemon? We got lemon. You want avocado? We got avocado. Any flavor you want? You got avocado kombucha? Hey, you can put anything. You, you can put anything in kombucha, man. Cool. Wow. All right. Well, that's really exciting. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can find us on our socials um, in the link pop in the description of the episode below, where you can also join our Discord. Um, for you know the most up-to-date announcements and things like that. If there are any changes of plans, their Discord is where we are going to announce them. On the, you know, you can leave a review and share on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, I've been really we've noticed the the recent uptick in Spotify engagement as well. Thank you all so much for 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 bothering, you know, taking time out of your day to leave us some really kind words and um, reviews. That's been really awesome to see. Um, next week, we are going to talk about, of course, it's going to be our Valentine's Day episode. We're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about love stories in video games, what our top love stories are. And maybe, maybe we might just dip back into Eorzea for a little Valentione's Day. Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, those are only like five quests Yeah, no, we'll long, do right? those. those. We're going to do those. Easy. Yeah, it'd be easy to recap those. That'd be fun. But um, until next episode, until next episode of Storm Bugs, born from bugs, Storm of Bugs, we've been the Storm Bugs, babies. Hi-ya! That's a bug noise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>